I bet everyone in here knows someone who has the most mild symptom and is sure they have cancer. And probably everybody in here also knows somebody who will walk around for two days on a broken leg before they actually go to the hospital. Well, I'm probably a little bit more in that second category, and that's why it makes sense that I have a job responding to outbreaks. So for the past four years, I've gone for all different disease outbreaks pretty much all around the world. But the outbreak I'm going to talk about tonight is the Ebola outbreak. So for those of you who either lived in a closet or somehow forgot it, in 2014 was the largest Ebola outbreak we've ever had. Uh, three countries in West Africa were affected by this dramatic outbreak of Ebola. Probably somewhere around 30,000 people got infected, and between a third and a half of them died. And I was there. I went three times to help with, with the Ebola response in West Africa. And I was there when it was terrible. I was there in the beginning, before things were under control, before we had a system, when people honestly were dying in the street. But tonight's story isn't about what happened while I was in West Africa. It's what happened when I came back to the US. So luckily, at the time that I came back from the Ebola response, I was li living in a state that was fairly liberal. They didn't lock me in a tent on the airport landing strip. I was actually allowed to go around my daily business. I just had to call in twice a day and tell them if I had any symptoms of Ebola. And so review for everybody, the symptoms of Ebola are fever, vomiting, and diarrhea. I'm, I'm sorry to say the bleeding from the eyes that you see in all the movies, that's exceptionally rare. So I was doing well um, twice a day. I was calling into the state and telling them, really, I had no symptoms. Except for one night, um, I started to not feel great. And it was, it was you know, after dinner kind of time. And I'm like, eh, it's probably nothing. I'm just going to go to bed. I, I don't have Ebola. It's fine. So I go to bed, and I go to sleep. And a few hours later, I wake up, and I'm like, ooh, yeah not feeling so good. So I go go in the bathroom, take my temperature, and I'm up to 104. And I'm like, whoo, oh, that's high. Well, I, I don't have Ebola, so um, I'll just call the state in the morning. There's no need to worry them in the middle of the night. So I go back to bed and go back to sleep for maybe another two hours. And I, I get up and whoo, not good. And I go in the bathroom and pretty much empty my entire body out of my bottom into the toilet, and I'm like, yeah, I probably should tell the state about this, but it's, it's like 11 at night, I don't have Ebola, I'll just tell them in the morning. So I go back to bed, and I sleep a little longer. I think the next time I wake up is one in the morning, and, and this time I go in the bathroom, and it's coming out of both ends at this point. Um, and I'm sitting on the toilet with the garbage can in my lap, and I don't know how many of you have vomited so hard you start to black out where you're, you, you actually have your vision go out to black because you are heaving so hard. Well, I was at that point, and I realized it might be kind of tacky to drown in my own vomit in this trash can with my pants down in the bathroom. So I'm like, maybe I should call the state. I mean, I don't have Ebola, but I'll call the state. So I call the state, and it turns out they really had no idea what to do. So between the hours... Between 1 a.m. and about 3 a.m., I think I talked to about 15 different doctors, scientists, everybody. 
Um, and, and it came down to that, yeah, you know, I don't have Ebola, but maybe I should get checked out and just, you know, cover the bases. So we all agree that I should get to the hospital. And they say, well, can you drive yourself there? And I say, I don't have a car. And honestly, right now, I don't think I can bike to the emergency room. And we both agree that it would not be good PR for me to take a taxi right now. <laughs> um, so they, they agree they're going to send an ambulance. So I'm thinking, okay, good. It's about 5 o'clock now. The ambulance will come. And it's early. Nobody's going to see me get in the ambulance with people in the Ebola suits, right? The Ebola contagion outbreak suits. That's my vision that there's going to be photographs of them coming to my house. But at 5 a.m., no problem. The ambulance arrives at 11, um, a little later. It was obviously an emergency. Um, and I go out onto my porch, and the ambulance driver clearly had essentially the same idea as I did because he pulled up. He rolled down his window, and he says, can you walk to the ambulance? And I say, yeah. So I walk around to the back of the ambulance, open the doors, and there's the people in the Ebola suits. But I'm the only one who can see them. So no, no photos for the news. I get in, they put me in an Ebola suit, which I still don't really understand, um, and I get driven to the uh, ER, and, it, and the ambulance ride, it's all cool, the nurse is calm, I tell her, don't worry, I don't have Ebola, and it's all cool, we get to the emergency room, and remember, I'm in the yellow Ebola suit, right, and they put me in a, in a uh, uh, wheelchair, and an orderly comes out, and he's pushing me through the emergency room, and he is going, stop! Clear! Everybody out of the way! Somebody's like walking down a hallway towards us and he's like, back up! Back up! And it's, it's the opposite of the experience in the ambulance. Um, there's utter chaos. I get to my room and there is a nurse in there with the full Ebola garb on. She has a mask over her face and her nose. She has a screen in front of her face and she is nervous as hell. And it turns out this poor woman is essentially locked in the room with me for as long as I'm going to stay there because they don't want anybody going in and out. So she's in the room with me. The rest of the doctors and nurses just come to the door and stand there and shout to me saying, how long have you had these symptoms? And getting all my diagnosis from the door. Um, well, it turns out about five hours later, I did not have Ebola. And um, during this whole time, the nurse, yeah, the nurse is just getting more and more nervous, and she's actually fogging up the part in front of her face. And any time she gets nervous, she would take her gloved hand and go up and wipe the inside of her face mask so she could see. And so when it finally becomes clear that I don't have Ebola, um, the, doctor, the rest of the doctors and nurses then start coming into the room to discuss things with me. And the thing I thought was very kind is the church nurse came into the room and she says, well, I want to thank you very much for giving us the opportunity to, to practice an outbreak response like this. Do you have any advice for us? And I say, well, you know, I've been doing this for a few months in West Africa, and your nurse, when she went like this and wiped the, spit, the sweat off inside of her mask, well, that's when she would have gotten Ebola. And they're like, oh, well, thank you very much. So, so I was happy. I didn't have Ebola. I got to go home. And of course, like any adult these days, I went home and instantly put it on social media that I'd had this amazing experience. And it turns out six of my friends had exactly the same symptoms I did. None of them had been to West Africa or anywhere near anybody with Ebola. But interestingly, all of us the night before had gone to a potluck.